Hello and welcome to your Over the Farmgate podcast brought to you by Farmers Guardian and the CLA. We're your hosts for this week. It's me, Farmers Guardian editor Ben Briggs. And me, Farmers Guardian business reporter Alex Black. Don't forget, we'll bring you a new episode of the podcast every Tuesday. Subscribe through all your favourite platforms, whether that's Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher or Acast to ensure you stay up to date. This week we're taking a look at the British Milkman, an institution very close to my own heart. For more than 50 years, my family's run a large doorstep delivery service in Blackburn, Lancashire, and over that time has overseen the delivery of in excess of 20 million pints of milk. With my brother and I having spent many days and weeks either delivering bottles to doorsteps or collecting milk money, the latter of which was my speciality, our family has witnessed the rise, fall and rise again of the humble milkman and woman. And when lockdown hit, Milkman saw an instant boost in customers looking to get their milk delivered to the doorstep. Followed years of decline in the traditional milk round as people, almost inevitably, looked towards the supermarket giants for the daily pinter. But as Alex found out when she spoke to AHDB's Chris Goodman and Susie Stannard about the history and future of the milkman, it's very much a sector which is back in business. The Country Land and Business Association is the only organisation solely dedicated to the protection of land and property rights and promoting the interests of the wider rural economy. We help our members work in the best interests of the land, wildlife and the environment. Join today at www.cla.org.uk. So historically, at one point, we all practically would have had a a doorstep delivery of milk. Do you want to take us through the history of the milkman and how we've got to where we are today, Chris? The milkman arrived in the UK in around about the 1860s, and it was originally a means by which to get um, fresh milk from rural communities into the city. Um, And it was done by rail. But, um, you know, if we if we look back to around 1970s, pretty much 99% of the milk was purchased on the doorstep through the milkman. And it, it, um, it remained the dominant feature through the 70s and into the 80s, but we start to see milk moving from doorstep to um, retail. And there was a rapid movement through the 90s. Um, so at the start of the 90s, about 30% of milk was consumed um, or, or purchased through the retailer. But by the end of the 90s, that was up at nearly 75%. Um, and uh, and we've seen that movement continue right through really through um, into the 2000s and so we, we were sitting prior to coronavirus we we're probably sitting at around 97 98 percent of the milk being purchased um, through the retailer and only any two or three percent on the doorstep and why has that switch happened I, I guess that there was a there was a number of things so so consumers moving to doing big grocery shops once a week. So the, the rise of the big retailers and milk was just another product that, that they would purchase. Uh, and as we saw people moving to, to away from doorstep delivery, I, I guess those doorstep deliveries became less efficient. And with the less efficiency, the, the price differential started to grow. Um, we also went through a phase, um, certainly around the 90s, where um, retailers were offering quite significant discounts for milk. Um, so... Um, I think all of that kind of added to the to the movement away, and and it just as, as the shelf life of milk improved, people could uh, were able to buy it uh, one day a week, and and it would last the whole week, 
Whereas prior to that, of course, it, it was you needed that regular delivery in order to, to have consumable milk. Susie, when we went into lockdown in March, what did we see happen then with the milkman? Well, I mean, as as we all know, there was lockdown represented a massive change in how we all live our lives. Um, and there was a massive change in how people shop um, and consume food as well. Um, but what we saw was that um, people's food occasions came in home. Um, so up up by 30%. So rather than eating out, they were they were eating at home. And in terms of how we shopped... We really wanted to stop going to the shops as often. So the frequency of people going to the shops declined um, and, and and trip size in, increased. So, so we bought more and people started to look for other routes to buy things as well. So we saw online shopping really increasing, channels like convenience and butcher shops increasing and, and crucially um, channels like milkmen um, growing as well um, to the point where some of some of the big kind of milkmen such as milk and more actually had to stop taking on new customers just because they couldn't cope uh with with the amount of demand so big growth there and we all kind of moved to getting more delivered to our home i suppose the milkman's kind of the original the original home delivery service isn't it absolutely and i think that really um there are a few things going on it sort of fits a modern zeitgeist so it's not just about the convenience um, offered but I think before that I think a lot of people were interested in getting milk delivered because of things like wanting to avoid plastics wanting to support local businesses um, but I guess the barrier was always the price as as Chris talked about um, you know it can be a bit more expensive than than going to to a supermarket when you go to the supermarket anyway but I think what lockdown did was give consumers that extra nudge to actually think well I'm gonna I'm gonna do things a bit differently and I'm going to get the, the milkman coming again. And what's happened now that the restrictions have eased slightly? Have we seen people flocking back to the supermarket? Um, there has been a bit of a shift. So the numbers um, of customers that we pick up in our, our tracking went from uh, 530,000 in February to a peak of 703,000 in June. Now that's dropped off a little bit, but it's still much higher than it was, which suggests that, that they are still retaining some of some of those new customers. And I think the interesting thing is um, that the audience seems to have changed. So traditionally, the sorts of people who were using milkmen tended to be older, uh, they tended to be more affluent, um, often retired. Um, and that's changed a bit now. So the new customers coming in are more likely to be um, families with young children, also pre-families as well. So it really is bringing the milkman to to a new audience. And what are the, we, we touched a little bit on what, what drives people during lockdown, but what are the main reasons that people want to use a milkman? Anyway, what do they value in the milkman service? Well, the biggest thing that people talk about is um, supporting local businesses, interestingly. Um, about 70% of people talk, talk about that. Um, and I think there is this perception that, that by using a milkman, you will be getting milk from the farm down the road, even though, though that might not be the case. It, it does seem to be a perception that, that people have. But also convenience is, is a big thing that people talk about as well. Um, that idea of getting up in the morning and your milk being just outside the door um, is, is very attractive, particularly if it, avoid, if, if it gives you the chance to avoid that extra trip, trip to the shops. Um, 
and also things like quality Britishness coming in. Interestingly, environment, which I would have expected to be one of the key drivers, actually comes a little bit lower down the list, down in fifth, but it's still one of the, the things that people do talk about. And there seems to have been, um, you know, you talk about the support for local there, there seems to have been sort of a newfound, you know, drive for people in general to support British businesses and local businesses during the, the um, lockdown and this crisis, doesn't there? Yeah, I think that's true. And I think we see that um, that for meat as well, particularly. So during lockdown, there was a big growth in channels like butcher shops in particular. Uh, they saw footfall and trade up by about 30%. You know, they were reporting scenes in their shops, which they don't normally see outside of the kind of very busy Christmas period. Um, and things like um, farmers... Um, farm shops as well um performing very well um but interestingly as well as the kind of local side of things there was also a big boost to things like um box schemes um which is kind of that that sort of remote uh commerce as well so things like veg boxes um also having to stop taking on new customers but also things like hello fresh gusto those kinds of recipe boxes um also doing incredibly well as people were really just trying to think outside of the box as they were seeking to avoid supermarkets, I can either shop local or I can shop from a bit further away, but how can I just avoid going into a place? Yeah, I know I switched to a milkman a couple of years ago now and one of the great things I've found is you don't go to the shop so you don't buy you know, a packet of sweets or whatever, whatever rubbish you normally pick up when you just nip in for a bottle of milk which I, f- I find you you never just nip in and get a bottle of milk do you that's interesting Alex so do you do you also buy things outside of of milk or is it just milk or do you do you get all the other staples around it uh, so I get milk and eggs off my milkman and occasionally butter and then at Christmas time I ended up buying a lot of cheese off him as well and do we do we see that you know through this especially milkmen they don't just deliver deliver milk to customers, they deliver more items as well like that. That's that's true, and I think that's another big driver for it, but particularly for young fam- families, if they can get, you know, the basics uh, through through the milkmen, um, so bread, milk, cheese, you know, all of your kind of everyday staples, I think that's that's really important in, in giving them that, that sense of convenience and... I think the big thing for people was just maybe staving off that one extra trip to the shops. So normally we all have perhaps a main shop and then maybe two, three, four top-up shops throughout the week. But I think during lockdown that was something that people were really trying to avoid and Milkman really filled in that, that niche. And what do we expect? I know it's difficult to predict with where we are and what restrictions are going to be, but what do we think going forwards? Are we going to continue to see... Um, you know, these kind of milkman and other delivery schemes doing doing well? I think there's a few dynamics going on. I mean, certainly, I don't think consumer confidence in terms of what what's going on and, and the virus has been restored yet. And we're still, still, everybody's feeling very worried and we haven't seen footfall returning in, in the same way. Um, so I, th- I think that will keep people... Um, to some extent but the other thing which which will become a factor increasingly is the economic picture um, as the furlough schemes end 
uh, we're expecting to see quite a lot of job losses, redundancies, um, less extra money um, to play with. So that will push some people back to um, back to supermarkets again. What we saw in the 2008 um, recession was the rise of the discounter increasingly. Um, and one thing that a lot of people have started to do uh, in the recent months is um, is move to the online channel. Um, so people getting all their groceries delivered, which obviously provides competition um, for the milkman in that way. But I think overall we would expect to see a boost um, in customer volumes. Um, we'll just have to wait and see to what extent those, those are maintained. Um, but as with anything, it's really important that milkmen continue to evolve their offer um continue to innovate um and and you know listen to to their customers and and offer those products which their customers are, are most interested in i was going to touch on that you know is there is there opportunities there for not just in milk for farmers you know to that you know can offer these kind of innovative schemes we talked about veg boxes as well and um meat obviously in farm shops is there opportunities there for farmers i think there are opportunities for for farmers definitely um you know even in milk uh there's there's a chap who 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 we know very well who um has a vending machine um on his farm where where some consumers can come fill up their bottles and take the milk away and i think that there's actually it drives a bit of interest in the category and a bit of a bit of drama as well and it's it's quite a fun thing to do with the kids as well come on let's go let's go visit the farm and, and get some milk so i think there are some good opportunities um there um and then particularly on the meat side of things i think there are a lot of people who may be a bit worried about um about eating meat maybe been looking to cut back um but one of the things those sorts of people say say to us is that they'd really like to understand more about where the meat they do consume comes from um, and that it's had a good life and that they feel confident about that and actually being able to buy direct uh, from from farm often offers a lot of reassurance for, for some people. You're still ploughing on and so are we. Get Farmer's Guardian delivered directly to your door every week and access the latest news from the world of agriculture 24-7 through fginsight.com. Simply subscribe to Farmer's Guardian. Check out our latest deals at fginsight.com slash subscriptions today. Thanks to Chris and Susie for their analysis. Now, Muller's Milk & More is the UK's largest milk and grocery doorstep delivery service. It reported a jump of 33,000 people joining within a two-week period in March and April. During the height of the pandemic, sales of Milk & More products more than tripled, with website visits up 300%. And to help cope with the demand, Milk & More recruited an additional 150 new delivery drivers. But it wasn't just the big names which benefited from the UK's switch to home deliveries, as I've been finding out. Hi, I'm Ella Rowan. I'm a sixth generation dairy farmer from the southwest of Scotland. We have Holstein Frisian dairy cows along with beef and sheep on the farm. We, our cows are milked through robots, um, lilies. Um, we decided about five years ago that we really wanted to add value to our milk contract and share our passion for cows and milk with everyone. So we set up Rowan's Dairy 
where we process our own milk and deliver to doorsteps throughout Dumfries and Galloway. You said you wanted to add value, but why did you decide to go down the doorstep uh, delivery route? Well, we initially thought that we would just deliver to trade customers, hotels, cafes, that kind of thing, which is what we started on. But we, as we started, we found it very, very difficult. There was a lot of competition and it was down to price. And the idea of what we were doing is to give our farm a fair price and a sustainable future. So if we went into milk wars, for instance, with that on price, there was no point in doing it. So we had a rethink over the... We started in the September and then we had a rethink over the, the Christmas period. And um, sister-in-law and myself, we put a wee thing out on our own Facebook pages, just generally saying, look, if we went to doorsteps, who of our friends would be interested? And it just took off from there. And that's basically where we found our niche for the area. And that's that's what we do. Obviously, with COVID, we all, when we were all locked in, indoors, um, people moved to, you know, getting their groceries delivered. How has that affected your business? Um, we were very fortunate. Um, it was it was a very instant boom. We overnight basically went into a phone meltdown situation that we were not prepared for. I think because, like most people, were kind of going was going into lockdown, and you're trying to think, well, we've got kids, how that's going to affect schooling, how will that really affect the farm, and there wasn't really the time to allow us to think about the business and that. And then within so the next day everyone was phoning and was like, right, okay, let's just, just keep saying yes, we can do this and we'll need to make it work. So our five-year expansion plan happened within a month, which is quite difficult to implement, especially when everybody else is on lockdown. Yes, I, I imagine so. And since then, you know, I think there's been a lot of people cynical saying, you know, people have moved to sourcing things from from farmers when they couldn't find milk and other items on the shelves. Have you seen a drop-off since we've come out of lockdown a little bit? We have, most definitely, which is not a surprise. Um, humans are creatures of habit. As soon as the supermarkets were open, um, for them, that's just their lifestyle and they find it. I, I don't actually really have a problem with that. I know I'm a creature of habit as well. Um, other people have then found it wasn't sustainable because it is slightly more expensive than milk that you'd be paying for in the supermarket or in your corner shop so that's fine but we have um, a huge amount of customers that are loyal and have found that the service works for them um, they can have other products along with it and they've just integrated it into their lifestyles brilliant and what kind of feedback have you got off off your customers Oh, there's always negative, which is good because you can learn from that because you want that. If everyone just keeps saying everything's brilliant the whole time, you can't learn, you can't get better. Um, but for the majority of everything, it's very positive. There's big thank yous for helping out. Um, over the period, we, as a business, we say that if you're not having milk delivered, you can't have any other products delivered because we are our milk is what is our business is about. But over lockdown, we made exemptions for this, mainly because a lot of the older generation as well, if they are not able to get out and about, and there was such a long wait on delivery services for them or even people coming to help them, it was like, what do you need? We will go and get you something extra, even if we don't sell it. If you're needing it, we're there for you. If we're in your street, we can put something on your doorstep. What other items do you, do you send out with the milk? What else do you supply to people? On a regular basis, we are always stocking 
um, yogurts from local, uh, from Round Glen, which is local to ourselves. We do fresh orange juice. We do eggs from a local free range egg farm, which is great. Um, over the lockdown period, we introduced potatoes from our local fruit and veg man and uh, toilet rolls. Excellent. That was the that was the big rush, wasn't it? Everybody uh, stuck piling the toilet roll. Hi, we were able to get a wholesaler that we were able to get toilet rolls in from that was fine and we couldn't keep them in stock so we bought a pallet load in. Thank goodness there's no expiration date on them. <laughs> <laughs> and and what are you expecting um, going forward? Obviously, if restrictions tighten again, besides being able to sell the um, toilet rolls that you've got, what are you expecting there? I don't, I don't know. I don't think any of us can expect anything because they keep saying things are going to change but nobody actually tells you they're going to change. Obviously, our logistics and the infrastructure now is prepared for this if it happens. Um, we're here for people. Um, we just need to, if we got through the last time, we can get through this time. Obviously, the other big topic I find on a lot of people's minds is climate change outside of outside of COVID. Delivering um, milk, I suppose, in glass bottles outside of plastic, has that been a big driver for a lot of your customers? Um, it has done. Thankfully, uh, a majority of our customers are with us for having local milk and from with ourselves. So there's, there's an accessibility, basically, if they want to know where their milk's come from. Obviously, coming to visit the farm at the moment is not really possible but any other normal times we we have an open farm policy for that anybody can come and find we're very open on social media about these things we like people to know and then they support that we buy in glass bottled milk at present um because obviously there's still a proportion that would like the glass bottles so i'm not going to turn anybody down i'll sort something in and find it but we are at present um putting in a class a glass bottling plant um so hopefully by the turn of the year they will have a local free-range milk in a glass bottle. Fingers crossed, it's quite exciting. <laughs> and that, that free-range element as well, is that important to your customers? I think it is. Um, a lot of customers will come in looking for organic milk, and obviously because we're not. So, I, first of all, instead of just saying no, we're not, it was more inquiring, why would you like organic milk? And they will say, and we'll say, well, that's... Fair enough. I'll explain what our milk is and why, the, what the free range element of that is. And nine times out of ten, they were like, oh, I didn't realise that. OK, so it's never about saying that one system is better than the other. It's just making sure that everybody has all the information and free to choose from there. Thanks to Islet for speaking to us about their farm. On a personal note, I'd like to dedicate this episode of the podcast to my late dad, Bill, who sadly passed away last year. But with Trilby Hat stuck to his head, he delivered milk to the people of Blackburn for more than 50 years and was incredibly proud to call himself a milkman and a farmer. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe on your favourite podcast platform to keep notified of all the new episodes of Over the Farm Gate. We'll be back next Tuesday, but from us at Farmers Guardian and the team at the CLA, Thank you for listening. We hope you stay safe and well, and goodbye for now.